G'day, welcome along to another sermon from Good News Christian Church in Howrah, Tasmania, Australia. I'm Bernard Kane, I'm the pastor. Get in touch sometime at goodnewschristianchurch.org or why not come by one Sunday morning. For now, here's the sermon. Tell me, what do you miss right now? Uh, what's something that you really are missing in this present moment? We live in the strangest times, don't we? Uh, we, we have to stay home, uh, we can't see our friends, uh, our favourite shops are closed and cafes, some people uh, don't even have work to go to and many people as well are working from home even though they're going to work and it's, that's all quite difficult, uh, uh, some of us. Uh, I wonder, what do you miss the most? What do you miss the most at the moment? What can you not wait to get back whenever we get it back, however long that will be? Um, Last week, uh, or the last couple of weeks actually, in my extended family was was birthday week really. So, uh, two nephews from either side of my family um, and not one but two of Kate's besties, uh, best friends, two best friends' birthdays. But there were no parties and there were no hugs. Uh, We didn't really make any new memories together. They sent around photos of cake, but honestly, what good are photos of cake? (laughs) Friends, I miss, I miss getting together. I miss being together. That's the thing that I'm looking forward to. Uh, What do you miss the most? Have you maybe had to cancel something, something that you were really looking forward to? Perhaps a a holiday? Has anyone cancelled a holiday? Um, Or a party? Uh, Or a big adventure that you were planning to go on and now you don't know when or if? you'll get to do it. Was there perhaps a certain someone that you had rather hoped to be seeing quite a lot more of? But not anymore. Uh, Do you know two people who knew a thing or two about dashed hopes? Um, My mates, Clipper and Clive, at least that's what I'm going to call them. Actually, the first one's name is Cleopas, Uh, that's what the Scriptures tell us, but let's call him Clipper because... um, Cleopas is a bit of a weird name to our ears, I suspect, and Clipper sounds like a cool Australian nickname. And Clive, because we don't know the other bloke's name, these two men who were on the road to Emmaus, and I'm sure, uh, who, whatever his name is, he wouldn't mind if we called him Clive just for today. So, Luke chapter 24 and verse 13, uh, now that same day, two of them, we're calling them Clipper and Clive, uh, they were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and and they were obviously walking, that was how they were going to get there. Seven miles is quite a long way, actually. Uh, What does it say? Verse 14, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Now, please notice this, just a few days beforehand, right, just a few days beforehand, what were their hopes? What were their hopes, Clive and Clipper? Were they hopeful men, would you say? Did they have some some big aspirations, some things they were really looking forward to? Oh my goodness, were they hopeful men? They'd found their hopes. Verse 19, can you have a look down there, sentence number 19, where it's talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, He was, this is what they thought, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, down at verse 21, a bit further down, we had hoped, there it is, We had hoped that He was the one who was going to redeem Israel. It's a bit like us, isn't it? You know, just a few days beforehand for them, huge crowds, 
of happy people. Everyone together, hopeful people. Look what they were looking forward to. They had Jesus and he was healing and he was mending and he was preaching and he was teaching. He was wowing and he was dazzling everyone. He's going to be king of the world. That was their hope. He's what we've all been looking for. People shouting and cheering. Here he comes, whooping and and, and chanting and rejoicing as he entered Jerusalem just a few days. But, But now... Well, have a look at verse 20. This is what they said happened. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. You see, now, well, I guess it all looks pretty silly now because Jesus is dead in a tomb, isn't he? And now there's not a crowd, now there's not a, a throng, a big, hopeful, happy, uh, you know, huge mob. Now there's just me and Clipper walking our way. And, and, and now, do you know where I reckon they're going? In this, I know it tells us, verse 13 tells us actually, doesn't it? It tells us where they're going. They're going to Emmaus. I know that. But do you know why I reckon they're going there? I reckon they're going home. Why? Because it's over. The game's up. The show's over. Clive, our hopes died with Jesus on the cross. Their hopes were buried in a stone-cold tomb with the body of their Saviour. Verse 21, but we had hoped that He was the one who was going to redeem Israel And what's more, it's the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see Jesus. What was happening to their hopes on that first Easter Sunday morning? Today, brothers and sisters, friends, young and old, I I want us to be at church that takes the sure hope of life out into a world of dashed hopes this Easter. I want us to be a church that takes the sure hope of life out into a world of dashed hopes this Easter. Could we be that together? Now, I know that some of us, uh, some of us aren't particularly hopeful people by temperament. Um, We're very serious, we're not terribly kind of Um, You know, we don't get excited about much. You wouldn't describe us as particularly, you know, we don't get our hopes up about things. Perhaps that's me. I don't know what you, would you say that? Um, I want us to become a people more and more who know how to hope again because of Easter. Could we become those people whose hope of life uh, is, uh, whose hope is life and who live with that hope on show in all of our lives? Now, some of us, of course, we're on the other end of the spectrum. We're always light and happy and, uh, you know, thank God for you guys, those of you who that's you. Uh, but you're maybe not particularly hopeful for any particular reason. Um, you know, you're light and happy because, well, that's just who you are and what's the alternative anyway and why would you want to live that way? It's just a better way to be. Friends, this Easter, don't we have more than that? Don't we have a sure hope? of life, not just a temperament, a sure hope of life, as sure as an empty tomb, as firm as the resurrection, the hope of life for people whose world fears death more than ever at the moment. 
Will we become that church today? A sure hope of a risen life. Let's take a look together at this passage. Three super quick points. We're absolutely going to fly through these uh, from here. In fact, we've kind of already covered much of the first one. So, uh, But the first one is huge hopes. We need to just, let's grapple with that. I reckon it is hard for us to wrap our heads around what huge hopes our unhappy friends here had for Jesus. Had for Jesus. And they weren't wrong to have huge hopes and we aren't wrong to have enormous uh, hopes when it comes to Jesus. We should. So, we read uh, verse 14 before, verse 14, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened, you know, as they walked along the road back home to Emmaus. Come down to verse 19, what are these huge hopes? About Jesus of Nazareth, halfway through verse 19, He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. Verse 21, we had hoped that He was the one who was going to redeem Israel, right? And further down, Jesus actually gives another hint about what they were really hoping for. Verse 26, they thought they'd found the Messiah who was going to go on to glory, Jesus says in verse 26. What are some of our big hopes? Let me say, we wish we could be back in, in big things like um, going to Blunston Arena to watch the footy, surrounded by the crowd and hearing its roar and all of that kind of thing. Watch a game of footy or the cricket, uh, the hurricanes or whatever. They wish, they wish, Clipper and Clive, wish that they could get back to Jerusalem and not just watch a stadium full of people get back together, but the whole world put back together. That's what their hopes were, enormous. God's Messiah, come for glory come to make sickness and death and slavery and sadness all swept away. Wow, huge hopes. You might wish that you could still have that family reunion, maybe that's what you had to cancel. Uh, that family reunion back at Grandma's or Orma's, they wished for a world reunion around Jesus. We thought He was the one. Did you see how He healed people? We thought He could make things good. Did you see what a guy He was? Friends, when we read the stories of Jesus' life in the Gospels, do our hearts sing like the, the hearts of these two men that we're reading about here? Do our hearts, do our souls leap in the way that theirs do? As we look at Jesus and the, the calibre of this man and the, the hope that he has uh, embodied for us, imagine our world full of lives conformed to the pattern of Christ, made like Jesus, if everyone around us was living like Jesus to the glory of God, can you even imagine what a different world we'd live in? What a huge hope that is. That was their hope. But I wonder if we're a bit like these two men, selective and slow. That's our second point, selective and slow. Clive and Clipper, selective in how God's going to get us there to that glorious hope, slow to see the wisdom of God's good ways in how He's going about getting us there. So, uh, isn't that what Jesus says? Let's, t let's take a look together, have you still got the passage there? Verse 25, have a look down at verse 25, because Clive and Clipper, like nearly everyone around them at the time, I should say, they wanted God to do the huge happy hopes thing, right? They wanted, that's what they wanted, without the hard and the horrible. God, give us the huge happy hopes, but not the hard and the horrible. 
And I reckon you and I, most of the time, we're probably just the same, aren't we? We love the sound of the hopes, but can we skip the hard and the horrible, thanks very much, God? We love, the, um, we, we love to see the end of the virus, but do we really have to go through the whole isolation, distancing business? And Jesus says, guys, that's not God's way. God is a God who faces the mess, who gets hurt by the horrors of this world. God is a God who suffers for us, who's come to be with us in it, and He always has been. Don't be so selective and slow. Uh, Verse 25, let's read it now. Jesus said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, in other words, their Old Testament Bibles, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning Himself. It's always been God's plan. Could I share with you just one little hope of mine that I had and I'm not sure if it's going to come off uh, now. Later this year, I'd hoped to introduce a, a new song to us as a congregation um, and uh, to, to introduce that to us at church here for us to be able to sing it together. I think it's a beautiful song. We talked about it several times at our, our music team meetings and we're all keen to introduce it. The lyrics go like this. I'll read them to you. Maybe you know the song. Shall I take from your hand your blessings yet not welcome any pain. So it's, it's, it's talking to God, isn't it? Shall I take from your hand your blessings, yet not welcome any pain? Shall I thank you for days of sunshine, yet grumble in days of rain? Shall I love you in times of plenty, then leave you in days of drought? Shall I trust when I reap a harvest, but when winter winds blow, then doubt? Which, by the way, doesn't mean, in fact, cannot mean, that God, so long as my life balances out, uh, then I guess I ought to be thankful. That's not quite what the song is saying. Let's, it, it can't mean, it, it can't possibly mean, if you give me God, if you give me some good and some bad, um, some blessing and some pain, uh, some sunshine and some rain, but so long as it's more good than bad, more blessing than pain, more sunshine than rain, then on balance, I guess I'd better be thankful. No, no, what does Jesus say? Have another look with me at verse 26 of Luke 24. So, verse 26, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? It's talking about His death. It's talking about the end of His life. Do you see? Unless Jesus dies then how can we ever hope for a world without death? Jesus isn't saying, look, death isn't so bad, or or the world isn't so hard, or life isn't so sad. God will give you, on balance, a happier life than a sad one. No, no, it's about how big our hopes can be. The Messiah had to suffer and then enter glory. Unless Jesus suffers, dies, shamed and, and mocked, and risen alive in power and glory, then how can our hopes ever be that grand and big and huge? But He has. 
Easter Sunday isn't about pretending away the world's badness and sadness and dashed hopes and dead dreams. It isn't about God giving us, on balance, a slightly better life than bad. No, it's about God annihilating the bad in the death and resurrection of Jesus and giving us a hope beyond, a hope of glory, a bigger hope, a sure one. Easter Sunday says the Messiah had to suffer and now he's alive. What's going to hold him back now? What's going to hold him down if death hasn't? You see, are we able to be hopeful people in this life with all the bad, with all the pain, with all the rain? Well, if Jesus is risen, you bet we can. Do you see why he had to suffer? And my favourite bit, verse 33, closing thought here, verse 33, come with me there, they realised that the risen Jesus was a huge hope for the hurting, hopeless. And so what did Clipper and Clive, what did they do? Uh, verse 32, they, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while we talked, while he talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? What did they do? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. And then the, the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Friends, why would they go back? They just got to Emmaus, they just walked in the door of their house, why would they head all the way back to Jerusalem? Because a risen Jesus was a huge hope for the hurting hopeless. They would rather walk seven miles to be with the hurting and the hopeless than hold on to a holy little hope in their homes all alone. Now, how we work that out in our context where we long to be with one another actually, but in love we need to keep our distance uh, just for a time, that is, that's tricky, but I, perhaps that could be a conversation that you have uh, with those that you're watching with this morning. They would rather walk seven miles to be with the hurting and the hopeless than hold on to a holy little hope in their homes all alone. What a huge hope we have in the resurrection of Jesus. Let's pray together. Our Holy Father, giver of hope and repairer of dreams, inspirer of our hearts, with the resurrection of Jesus to life from the grave. Father, may our hopes soar this Easter Sunday. What a message we have, the message of life, with the back blown off of death, lives repaired and souls restored through the power of Jesus. Father, we acknowledge we've only just begun our journey with you in this short life and you have placed us here as ambassadors of life, as ambassadors of heaven, as ambassadors of a huge hope. Father, help us to face the hard and even the horrible things with unwavering hope, for those things don't signal to us your failure, but they remind us of Christ's victory. There is nothing in this life and nowhere on this earth where Christ has not already gone for us, there is nothing He has not already faced for us. What harm can be done to your children whose hope is in Christ? Lastly, Father, for those uh, perhaps watching this morning whose lives feel hopeless right now, may they find as their refuge uh, Jesus right there alongside them, 
having gone before them, uh, the Saviour sent in love from heaven for them and for us and for life. God, would you draw them home to the love of Jesus, please? And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.